You're listening to Historically Speaking from Kappa Kappa Gamma, with generous support from the Kappa Kappa Gamma Foundation. I'm Kylie Smith, the Archivist and Museum Director, and today I have with me former fraternity president and former fraternity historian K.A. Smith Larson. Thank you for joining us as we chat about the history of the pledge pin, or as we know it today, the new member pin. Well, hi, Kay. How are you? Great. Fun to hear your voice, Kylie. I know. I'm so excited that you're back. Um, we are here to chat a little bit about the new member pin. So we know it today as the new member pin, but in the early years, it was called the pledge pin. So I hope our listeners will forgive us if we use the names interchangeably. Basically, it's the first piece of insignia a new member is given. Today, it's given during the pledging ceremony, right after they decide to accept a bid to join and haven't even initiated yet. Like so many things with CAFA, we assume everything started with the founders. And while that's true for some things, CAFA's basic fundamentals and founding values did start with them. However, most of what we recognize today in the form of ceremony or tradition didn't actually start with our founders. And speaking of our founders, if we go back to 1870, you know the story about our six favorite gals, Lou Bennett, Jenny Boyd, Minnie Stewart, Anna Willits, Sue Walker, and Lou Stevenson. They ordered golden keys from Lou Bennett's family jeweler back in Pittsburgh, but the minimum order was 12. So those six had to hustle up and find six others to join them. And of course, there wasn't exactly a new member period there. They raised their right hands, said they wanted to be Kappas, and they were given a golden badge. And then in the first few years after that, they more than likely passed along their own pins to the next group of new members, which helps explain why we only know of a couple of those original 12 badges that are still around. So jumping ahead to 1875, those early members of Alpha Chapter at Monmouth College began giving grow grain ribbon to new members. If you ask me, it's more than likely because it took forever to order custom jewelry. Gold pins were expensive, so it probably took them a minute to figure things out. The organization was only five years old, and new members would have wanted some way to be recognized as proud Kappas. One of the popular customs among chapters was to wear a guard with your membership pin. And so eventually they began using duplicates of stick pins worn as the pledge pin. Chosen first were a chapter's Greek letters. Then after 1890, the three letter monogram and the flirtily stick pin came into equal favor. And now we come to the Sigma within the Delta. An act of the 1894 convention first introduced us to this symbol we all recognize today, both as our official signature and as our current membership pin. At the convention, Carla Sargent was the delegate from Northwestern's Upsilon chapter, and she designed and submitted the Sigma within the Delta as a symbol of the fraternity, phrasing its meaning in beautiful flowing Greek. So they agreed to use the Sigma within the Delta as a symbol, and that's when it became our official signature. Also at convention was Catherine Lucinda Sharp, Northwestern, who attended as a member of the Beta Theta Alumni Association, which is what they used to call the group of alumni who lived in Chicago. It had nothing to do with our current Beta Theta chapter in Oklahoma. 
confusing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, we will have to make that its own episode, talking about the evolution of the alumni associations. Well, at that convention, Kate was elected grand president from the floor. When she was elected, she was 29, considered old at the time compared to the previous presidents. And Carla Sargent, Northwestern, was appointed her deputy or assistant. So they were essentially a package deal. After the adoption of the Sigma in the Delta as the official signature, Kate Sharp ordered the design made in gold and gave it as a stick pin to Carla. She also suggested it for a pledge pin, but no action was taken on that by the 1894 convention. So between 1894 and 1896, we know that Kate Sharp had a similar pin made in gold and blue as a gift for another friend, but we haven't ever seen that one. We've just heard mention of it. And actually, if you're keeping count, we think Kate Sharp had three Sigma within the Delta pins made. The first was plain gold on a stick pin and given to Carla Sargent around 1894. The second one was made and we just know it was gold with blue. So then a third one was made. That one can be seen in our digital archives. And that was made with light blue on the Delta and dark blue on the Sigma. She gave that third one to the new chapter at the University of Illinois, Beta Lambda, to be used by their first new member, Maud Strait Carmen, in 1899. Beta Lambda then donated that pin to the fraternity archives in 1999 at their 100th anniversary. We know that in 1894, when Carla Sargent submitted her design of the Sigma within the Delta to be used as the official signature, Kate Sharp also suggested it be used as a new member pin with no decision made. She then tried again in 1900 and asked the delegates at convention in Columbus to declare the Sigma within the Delta the official pledge pin but they could decline to do so also. <laughs> okay, so they're not swayed in 1900, but by 1901, the Grand Council at its 1901 session adopted the first official pledge pin of the fraternity and announced, wait for it, the monogram shall be the official <laughs> pledge pin. This was approved by a vote of the delegates at the 1902 convention. Of course, that wouldn't put the issue to rest. So at the 1904 convention, a decision was reached after much discussion, permitting the Sigma within the Delta to, quote, be used as a pledge pin again. This wording continued in our rules for 10 years, during which time either the monogram or Sigma within the Delta could be used as the pledge pin. <laughs> Jeez, good luck trying to make everyone happy. <laughs> So the historic decision finally came in 1914. The Sigma within the Delta should be the only new member pin. It should measure three eighths of an inch with the Delta in dark blue enamel and the Sigma in light blue enamel. They decided that at the convention in Estes Park, Colorado. Today, more than 108 years later, the design of the pin remains unchanged except that silver became the specified metal in 1926. The pin is called the new member pin now, and it is currently measures one half inch on all three sides. 
I hope our listeners will check out the fraternity's digital archives and try different search terms. Ribbon, stick pin, sigma delta, pledge pin, new member pin, all of which will bring up various styles and designs through the years. And you can see from the pictures that chapters were still combining blue and blue ribbons with the official new members pin. It's interesting that we have so many new member pins in the archives and that they came from members themselves, since for as long as our history discusses a new member pin, the cherished sigma within the delta pin has been returned to the chapter president, usually in a ceremony held during the inspiration period. To begin the new member's passage to initiated member, she returns the pin she'd been given upon her formal pledging. The new member pin was simply loaned to her as a symbol of the promise she made during the pledging ceremony. Chapters have their own traditional ceremonies for returning the new member pins. Some use favorite readings, friendship poems, and special thoughts reflecting on the importance of the events of the inspiration period. The new member might fasten her pin on a pillow as it is passed among the group. The pillow may be special, one designed by the chapter and sewn or needle pointed in the shape of a sigma within the delta or the fraternity coat of arms. Some chapters celebrate this special time with a blue and blue banquet where new members wear light blue and initiated members wear dark blue. It is followed by a ceremony held in a living room where new members are seated in the form of a sigma surrounded by the initiated members in a delta. Thoughts appropriate to the symbolism of the occasion are expressed by chosen members of the chapter and a pillow is passed for receiving the pins. No matter what ceremony is used for returning the new member pins, the manner in which the pins are returned is important to the symbolism of the event. And you just can't beat knowing that a beautiful key will soon replace that new member pin. So there you have it, a long and winding road from 1894 to 1914 to today. And I should mention a bit of trivia we found recently. The 1914 convention was held in August and September after Kate Sharp passed away in June 1914. It's too bad that after all of Kate Sharp's efforts, she never learned of that official decision the convention made in 1914. But we still honor her today. Her gorgeous diamond key was donated to the fraternity and was worn by every president from 1930 until 2000 when it was retired and placed on permanent display at fraternity headquarters. And attached to it, one of her earliest designs for the Sigma within the Delta in gold, serving as a beautiful guard. And I meant to ask you how you felt getting to wear that pin when you were fraternity president. It was thrilling and so much fun when I visited chapters or alumni associations, when I talked about the jewelry to, to explain to them that that was Kate Sharp's badge and the yeah. first pledge pin. No pressure trying not to lose it, I bet. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> 
So that's why today the fraternity president wears a replica of Kate Sharp's badge and that Sigma within the Delta Guard. So if you see Gail Owen out and about, ask to take a look at her president's pin. And that really is the end. So thank you, Kay, for joining me and for all of the research you did on this when you were a fraternity historian. I really had no idea just how interesting it was. You're very welcome, Kylie. It's always special for me to be with you and share campus history with our members. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Historically Speaking, brought to you by Kappa Kappa Gamma, with generous support from the Kappa Kappa Gamma Foundation. Our headquarters is in Columbus, Ohio. Our house museum, the Stewart House, is in Monmouth, Illinois. You can find us online at kappa.org, or you can peruse our digital archives at kappa.historyit.com. Initial research was done by former fraternity president and former fraternity historian Kay Smith Larson from Beta Pi Chapter at the University of Washington. And production is done by me, Kylie Tower-Smith, from Omicron Deuteron Chapter at Simpson College, and the Archivist and Museum Director for Kappa Kappa Gamma. Thank you.